Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Mike Yanez to discuss his journey as an MMA fighter and jiu-jitsu black belt and coach, um, but also to discuss his recent battle with cancer and his journey to get back onto the mats and to regain his health. I really appreciate Mike joining me. If you want to support the Kelly Patrick Show, I'm a health insurance broker in Kentucky, where I'm located at, but also in the state of Florida. I do a lot of business in Florida. It's definitely my number two state. So specifically, if someone's turning 65 and needs help with their Medicare selections, I can help anyone in in actually 14 states across the country. So send me some health insurance referrals. The details for the sponsors of the show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by returning guest, Mike Yanez. Mike is, I think, one of the, the earliest Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts possibly in the history of Kentucky. Mike, actually, you give the most flattering introduction you can of yourself relevant to MMA, if you could. Who's Mike Who's Mike Yanez? Oh, God, that's a loaded question. Um, try to keep it a PG or can I get rated R? You can what? say whatever you would like to say on the on the podcast. Actually, the, the, the more extreme, probably the better for ratings. Right on. Well, basically, I was kind of bored, went up there, kicked everyone's ass, and uh, made a name for myself. <laughs> basically. Uh, in, a, in a nutshell. But, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, you said one of the earliest black belts, I would say, I mean, at the time when I moved there, I was purple. But in the t- at the time, everybody was, the highest levels were purple. And uh, everywhere I went, you know, 
eventually those purple belts became black and, you know, and ended up owning schools and everything else when I was at those tournaments, um, which is cool because it was like early pioneer type stuff, you know, wild west really. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed Kentucky more than, you know, because without the Kentucky portion of my life and my story, I wouldn't have been in, involved in um, the MMA at, at all. I don't think. And um, I was able to bring a lot of that knowledge to back to Florida and help a lot of fighters here and, you know, help a lot of people here, including my instructor when he's fought and everything else. So, you know, it was, it was really good. You know, I, I loved a lot of people who understand that how the Mecca of, of MMA up there in Kentucky at that time, especially was off the charts compare in comparison to other places because other places didn't have amateur fights. And they were, you know, it was just like you went straight pro, like Florida. So, like, when I came down here, and not to knock Florida, I'm sure I'm going to get hell for this statement, but it's the truth. It's when I came down here the first time, they're, like, all talking about this, these fights I got to go to and these local fighters, and, I'm, and it's all pro. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. I want to go. I want to check it out. And then, um, I mean, it looked like, you know, we had better better fights, you know, better amateur fights in Kentucky at the time than, than these pros that were fighting down here. So I was like, wow. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. What year did you go back to Florida? 2009. Okay. Yeah, so I've been here a minute. Um, seems like yesterday, but yeah, I've been here a minute. And uh, no, nah, but it's been, a, it's been a real interesting journey in itself. That's chapter coming from Kentucky to here. And, uh, but, you know, I, I miss Kentucky and, you know, the music scene's gotten better. And I, I, last time I was there, which was last year, just for a little bit, went down Bardstown Road in the Highlands and wow, man, just, it's beautiful down there. Like how much it's grown and like how many places there are now and shops and it's like so busy and everyone's down there. Like, oh my God, you know, that, I mean, that's basically where, that's where I got the name Highlander was from because that's where the school was at and that's where i lived that's what i got you know so i always love that place big special place in my heart for that place did i and see I like the horses okay of course <laughs> did i see you were recently inducted into some type of mma is it hall of fame yeah florida hall of fame down here yeah that's pretty cool pretty cool um it's always you know, I'm 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 excited about it, and and, and I'm uh, flattered and very flattered. Um, it's always like, you know, it's interesting when things like that come up or any recognition or anything else, because I always feel like there's something more. You know, it almost seems like it's closure sometimes. And I'm like, nope, I'm not done. You know, my story's not done, and uh, it, I just feel it's just another chapter, but it's definitely not done. In fact, I'll be returning to the mats very soon maybe a month month and a half you've had some illness can you tell the last time you came on the show you were not sick tell us what has happened since if you can when when, when did you get sick what happened well it's the uh it's the punch you don't see you know it's uh <clears throat> you kind of get compliant in life you know you got you know wife, kids, maybe, uh, you got this stable job, you got two jobs, maybe three jobs, maybe you're juggling this and juggling that, but you're, you go about your day every day, go to the gym, go to school, whatever it might be. And then, um, 
last thing in your mind is like, it's, it's kind of like, last thing on your mind is like thinking the car is going to break down, right? It's kind of the same thing. You just, you know, you're on your way to work and, oh my God, I got a flat tire. Oh, that's a big wrench in your, in your day. Well, I wish it was just a flat tire. Um, I had a cough. I was turning 50. Um, I really wanted to get myself in check, at least with the doctors and everything else and cleared up and to the point where I would be, you know, ready for my midlife crisis, you know, 50 years old. Um, but I figured, Hey, it's time, you know, stop fucking around. Your health is important and everything else. Check it out, get everything, you know, get my weight down, you know, not get any younger, that type of deal. So went in there, checked it out. I wanted antibiotics for my cough. The cough doctor wouldn't give it to me. He said my lymph nodes were swollen. Sent me to a get scanned. And down in the rabbit hole, I went. Then within two months after that, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. In December 10th, 2022. Stage four cancer, where was the cancer located? Uh, in my throat. Um, it was uh, tongue cancer, technically. And so it was a tumor at the base it was a tumor at the base of my tongue, um, about the size of a dime, enough to cause uh, that cough that I was trying to get rid of. And uh, so I guess when the doctor looked down my throat and then they looked at me, it was like the horror in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's just oh, like, geez. you can't replace that. Like, and everybody that, would look at my, at down my throat would have the same look. It's kind of like, you know, you know, your, your legs are blown off. Am I okay, doc? You know what I mean? That kind of deal, you know, am I going to be all right? And they're like, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. It was that without saying it. And, um, so that was, you know, tough, you know, for, to, 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 to take in a lot, real at that point <clears throat> as you can imagine so stage four what's that mean did they i know we're americans i've heard other cultures aren't like this but americans maybe american males specifically i hear that i'm like all right what's the percentage likelihood i'm gonna die did you ask them that um they wouldn't answer that question they kind of put it in a different way so uh, they go, okay, you have stage four cancer. And in every stage is broken down into four chapters as well. So, you know, stage one, category two, or whatever it is, you know, stage three, category one, you know, that kind of deal. I was stage four, category four, I guess. So as close as you can get to terminal, if not terminal. And at the time, they thought I was terminal anyway. But they said... um, what they, they use the term palliative care, the term palliative care. And they kept on saying that, like, I would, it, we, we probably recommend palliative care for you, or you're going to probably be a candidate for palliative care. And I'm like, I kept on hearing that. And I'm like, I didn't know what that meant. And uh, then I found out what that meant. <laughs> meant, yeah, no options, no treatment. It means make you feel as comfortable as possible for the rest of your life. 
for the short amount that you have left. And uh, so that was scary. Figured that out too. But they don't tell you that. They don't, they don't. You know, I didn't really get that whole, uh, what do you say, time frame thing. I don't think they do that anymore. I think it's, uh, they ran a lot of complications with that. Because, I mean, think about it. Doctors say, hey, you're going to be, you're good for a year and you got to die next month. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't really, you don't always know. So what type of treatments did they do? Well, um, the the tumor, like I said, the tumor was in, in my, the base of my tongue, which is also strange because I'm not a smoker. Um, yeah, I smoke, you know, weed and stuff like that. But I, I mean, what, you don't, I'm not somebody that would smoke weed every day. And I've only went, you know, more in high school than I ever did. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like a cigarette smoker. You ever you chew tobacco dish. or dip? Nope. Nope. Now there are studies. This is the funny part. There is studies about the HPV, HPV virus, mm-hmm. HPV virus related cancers. So technically oral sex. And, um, so immediately I started thinking about certain girls, but no. Um, is there anyone in particular you'd like to dump this on? No, I'm just no, kidding. No, no. <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it, for an interviewer to ask? No, it's, it's always like, uh, what do you mean? The Diamond. Her name was Diamond. From, from, <laughs> yes, from, yes. From that one strip club. But, um, yeah, so it, it, it had spread to my jaw, up to my ear, and lymph nodes on both sides and was getting ready to travel down to my chest. The fact that it hadn't gone into my brain or into my chest yet, and it was only isolated in my neck area, did they figure that I could, I was, I, I could be treated. But the thing was, is that the treatment, I mean, he did give me a percentage on the treatment. I and mean, he said like, you know, it's a, it's a 30 to 40% chance that this treatment will work really well. And again, they're always like half full, not a half empty type shit, right? So I was like, you know, back of my head, I was like, of course, it's going to work. Fine, let's do it. You know, let's do it. And, um, you know, I, and then I was talking about that, you know, that warrior mentality, that wrestling mentality, uh, fight mentality, I don't know, stubborn mentality. The fact that it wasn't a question if I was going to, do something about it or if it was going to, if I was going to treat myself or have, or have them treat me. And it was just like, okay, doc, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's, what are we doing next? Tell me what, we, what, what I got to do next. You know, like, let's get this going. Now, of course they can put you through hell. You know what I mean? They could, they could give you all this chemo radiation and all this shit and it doesn't work. And then now you've spent the last couple of years that you had or whatever to be alive, miserable because you went through this treatment and then you die anyway. And that's something you have to put, take in, in stride. You know I mean? Do I fight this thing for a year and, and, and die horribly anyway? <laughs> and, you know, so that's something heavy to think about as well. But, you know, all the years in martial arts and wrestling, especially wrestling, <laughs> I think wrestling really is the, the stubborn part about me. And the fact that I looked at it like this. I'm going to fight this as, as hard as I can and do as much as I can to get through this. And fuck it. If, if I die, I die. I won't know anyway. I'll be dead. Fuck do I care? But you know what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to fight like fucking hell 
I'm going to get my body. I believe in my body. And, uh, and like I said, if it's, if it's, if it's time, I'll meet it. I'll meet it on my feet. You know, that's it. That's how I looked at it. So that's how the, uh, the beginning of it started, you know, and then, uh, docs, you know, I, I, I responded, I, I told the doctor, I was like, listen, I'm not going to work. I'm going to be, give me, do whatever you got to do as much as you want to do it. I'll tell you when it hurts too much or it's too much or it's too much of this or that or that. But I said, let's go. Let's, you know? let's give it our best. Let's, let's give it our best. See if I can live. Right. Right. Cause I mean, here's the deal. I mean, I, and for the listeners or anybody that listens to this, that doesn't really know or educated about it. The thing is about chemo, it's straight poison. 100%. I mean, it's origins are mustard gas in World War One. I. I mean, it strips blood cells out of your system so bad that you, your entire body is empty of it. Then you can like literally bleed out. And, um, well, somebody figured out how to use that for medicine. Um, and, uh, that's what it's, that's what it is. I mean, it's exactly, and it hasn't changed. I mean, it's gotten better, better versions of it. It's still the same though. Chemo's chemo. Um, and, uh, so basically they pump you enough and, and to the point where you, I mean, and hopefully they, the cancer dies before you do, but you're done. Don't let me get no, you know, <laughs> No mistake, chemo is killing you. Period. I mean, within the first three weeks, I lost fifty pounds. Oh my god! Immediately, fifty in, th- in three weeks. How much did you weigh at the beginning? Three hundred five. Okay, you lost fifty in three weeks. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that ain't healthy on any any <laughs> any means. Like, you know, you talk about it. Oh, we lost fifty pounds. You know, like three months. Okay, but three weeks, boy. And it just every and then it kept on going, it kept on going, it kept on going. I got down to one hundred and eighty pounds. Oh my god. 180? 180, 180 pounds in six months. Six five months. Six, five to six months, hundred and eighty pounds from three oh five. And did you ever get to a point where you kinda uh uh tapped with the yeah. the chemo? You did? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was the chemo and the radiation. Okay. So I mean Again, you're gambling with your life, by the way, you know, when you're making decisions for yourself, but it's still your life, you know, you have to be strong enough to say no, because when it comes down to it, you're the one who's going to die. You're the one who's going to die. Yeah. Because the chemo could kill you, right? Correct. Yes. And, but it also might not be working either. Mm. Damn. Okay. Okay. And uh, that's why I say you hope that it's working you know, that you're going through it, through it enough and, and pain enough that it's working. But, you know, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's the best effort, but it doesn't work. And, you know, that's, you know, I never thought of it that way. You know, I'm just like, again, I'm in the fight. You know, once you start, I'm in the fight. Like, go forward. Keep on going forward. Keep on going forward. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. I lost my fingernails and toenails three times on both, on every on every toenail every finger now three times like this right here i mean i have a little bit left and i've been out of treatment since been out of treatment for about three months three and a half months and you said you're going to return to the mats soon 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to um, wh- where is it you're training at? What do you when you say returning to the mats? What will that look like? Where is it you'll go? What will you do? I don't know. I'm going to be a what do you call it? A, uh, I'm going to wander the wander the schools like Kane and Kung Fu. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I kind of lost everything when I got diagnosed, and it was not. I mean, a little bit was just the fact that I couldn't handle it mentally, or I was trying to figure out and grasp the reality behind it. And what I had to do, and I guess just not knowing what to do, just, just kind of like fucks up everything else. You know, I lost the school. I lost my, I lost my business. I, I, I was working two other jobs. I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, I was, couldn't even act right. You just all, that's all you think about. That's it. You know, first thing I thought about, what am I, who's going to take care of my dogs? You know, like you got to start putting things in perspective immediately because how much time do you have? No one can even tell you. And, um, you know, it's, but it's about how you handle that, that part. And like I say, you know, anybody that's been through it or is going through it or has a loved one that's going through it. I mean, I I always say the biggest problem and the biggest thing was handling the fear. And if you can control the fear, it's easy. And I want to say easy physically but it's easy mental and it's mostly all mental anyway. I mean, I feel that you have, you have to stay, you can't be stressed out about it. You know, you can't be worrying about something you can't, you have no control over, you know? So you just, you listen to your body, you keep your body in that Zen mode. I mean, just like, what do we repair? We repair every single 24 hours by sleeping, correct? Sleeping repairs the body. What is the body doing when you're sleeping? It's completely at rest. The brain should be shut off and sometimes not, but still, or if we get into that higher stage where you're dreaming or even a higher stage when you don't just complete rest and there's just nothing, you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel so refreshed. Well, that's your body repairing itself. So that is the stage that you have to put your body in 24 hours a day. That's how you have to be through cancer. Now, easier said than done. By fuck it, all means. I'm not saying it isn't. It's it's a bitch, you know. Especially with all the drugs and yeah. I, to put in m- mind if I ask, are they are you on like painkillers and stuff? At the time, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. I'm I'm off of everything. Okay. Yeah, Man, so 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 you. I mean, you of course probably while going through the radiation, the chemo, you kind of have to maybe. What do you mean? Do you kind of have to uh, take some painkillers or something? Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, you've heard of Oxycontin, right? Yeah, I, certainly. Okay, everyone's, this is the bad one. It's a strong one. Well, I was up to six Oxycontins a day. Jeez. And this, two, two this was when your, when your chemo was at its highest level? Yes, when okay. I was, when I was in, uh, when I was, because I, I went, I, this is how my treatment went. I went. I was supposed to do five treatments of chemo and then radiation after that. So that what happened was I responded so well to the chemo in the first three weeks and all the, all the weight and everything else, all my lymph nodes disappeared. All the cancer shrank, every, physically shrank from my neck, everything just went away. And so my doctor was so like, 
enthused by that. And he actually took two of the treatments off. So all I had to do was the three treatments. Then it gave me a break. And I actually went up to Kentucky. I went actually went to a concert to my black belt friends, you know, one of my black belt uh, best friends and another kid by the name of James Brosco, Bellator, ADC fighter, uh, black belt, Pablo Popovich, black belt as well. They both wheeled me around in a wheelchair in Daytona Beach, go see, you know, Tool and Deftones and everything else. Because I said, you know what? Again, I'm going to die. I'm not going to miss this show. And uh, but it was fun, you know, to have that little break. And then. uh, And then we started the radiation. Now, that's a whole different game can of worms. The radiation, because then I was doing chemo every week, like small doses of chemo every week. And then I was doing radiation every five days a week. And then, you know, they tell you you're not going to feel it. You're not going to feel anything. Not true. I felt it immediately. Um, yeah, I mean, chemo itself makes you extremely tired. But, like, the radiation, that, that whole, you know, you hear about radiation sickness and, you know, what that radiation, it being exposed to radiation, you're getting that as well as a side effect. And, um, and it's so bad that, uh, you know, if you quit the radiation or if you, after the radiation treatment, if I was in remission and the cancer came back immediately or the cancer was not gone at my level, there was not an option for me to go back because it has to take another two years before I'm a candidate to have radiation again. Jeez. That's, that's the scary part about everything. So this, the fact that this, all throughout this, it was just the most mentally stressful shit you could possibly go through, I'm guessing. One shot, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we tried. It's basically what it was. That's exactly what was going on. And, um, but the pain that I started to get in the radiation and the chemo every week is when actually we went from, you know, one to two pills a day to six pills a day. And uh, and then I was taking like you know three pills for nausea, three pills for constipation, two yeah. pills for this, four pills for that. I mean, I mean, I had a, you know, I was taking twenty things a day. Jeez. And um, you know, so it was very important for me to try to get off of all that stuff. And 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 as the body came back, body came back. Now going back to what you're saying, did I ever tap out? Well. I wouldn't say tap out, but I was just like, you got to believe in yourself. You got to trust your body because the, when I said, when the doctors, they don't know everything. And if they knew everything would be cure, right? Um, everything's based on numbers. Uh, so everything's about a percentage, you know, it's like, uh, is it, do you, does your numbers read this? Do your numbers read that? And I'm not saying that it, it's not accurate and that's not how medicine works, but, um, Cancer is just so different than everything else. You know, it, it doesn't match up. It it doesn't act the way other things act. And it, it, it just, they don't know. They don't really know. They have this somehow of a cookie cutter situation that they apply with the best results based on percentages. And that's it. That's all you are at that point. So if you don't do the research and understand what your body's doing and be really clear about it, and don't let, you know, somebody, your doctor just say, oh, you don't do this, you don't do that. Oh, you're just feeling this. 
first of all, Doc, you know, I, I said the one thing he was trying to explain to me what radiation would feel like once I, the first two weeks. And he says, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to begin to not develop saliva and that I would not taste anything and that, um, that this will be a con, this will be probably permanent for at least a year after it is done as well. Jeez. And I was like, so, so you're telling me I'm going to have cotton mouse for two years. And he's like, he's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know really know what cotton mouth is. So I was like, well, when, you know, when you're, and kid and you smoke weed for the first time and he goes oh i don't know i've never smoked weed before said, yeah and you've never had and then i said and you've never had chemo and radiation before and he's like he looks at me he goes well you got me there i was like exactly that's what i'm talking about he can only go on what he he's never he's been around it sees people in it hears about it but it's like talking to people that have seen a ghost and you've never even seen one have you you know what i mean it's kind of like how how do you decipher the, the reality behind that, you know, but they do the best they can, you know? So in the beginning, he wanted to put a port in my chest and, uh, and it was going to do three types of medications. And because one of the medications was so thick that they couldn't put it in my veins. And I said, no. And he's like, what do you mean? No. I was like, I'm not putting a port in. I was like, I got dogs. They sleep in my bed every night. I don't want anything hanging out of me. I was like, infection is a problem. I don't want to be infected or have an infection. And that's a complication that I don't want. Any And, and, and everything I've read about it, I don't, I, you know, this is something I don't want to do. And, you know, again, they tell you, you know, save your life, this, that, and the other. I was like, you got me for 24 hours. Pump whatever you can. If you got to, even if you have to stick me in the leg for bigger veins, I don't care. But I'm not, I'm not letting you put a port in. So, I made that decision. That's gambling on my own life. And it turned out I was right. I didn't need it. I didn't need that extra medication and I did all right with it. Now, when I started the radiation and the chemo, that was a whole nother level of pain and a whole nother level of, of everything. And, um, so the cookie cutter situation was 35 sessions of radiation. That's the mark. No matter what, you have to do 35 sessions. So I made it to 22 sessions. Now, the only reason that it stopped at that point was because of this. I was already got, I got down to 180 and I could no longer eat, shit, puke, drink. Nothing. Nothing was going out. Nothing I could put in. I mean, nothing. No saliva. Couldn't sweat. Oh, that's another thing. It's a weird thing. So I stopped sweating. And then my temperature changed. The whole body temperature changed. So Do you, so stink? Like Do you stink when you're like that? You no. Know. Wow. What the hell? So you're not sweating. Well, huh. There's oh, nothing going was, on. Nothing going on at all. Well, you're a lot's going on, but they, but you, you're a lot of your, all your toxins and and everything's coming out through through basically shit, piss, and puking. So every all the toxins are coming out differently. And um, but I got to the point where I couldn't, I you know, at that point, what they do is they'll cut you open and give you a a, a feeder tube, feeder bag, and then you feed yourself. So I already said no to the port. What do you think I was going to say to a, a feed bag? Yeah, you know just so I could finish from 22 to 35. 
more sessions, which I already felt like I had already had control of this cancer. But you can't, but again, you can't stop because they can't start it again. It's not like a microwave. They can't just pop you in and pop you out and just check out the temperature. Okay. Which you would think they could, but the thing is that radiation fucks you up so bad and could cause more damage to your body than, than, and cause other complications. Everything's about complications too. That's another crazy thing about everything. But um, I told him no. And, you know, he gave me a big spiel. And uh, at the very end, I said, that was awesome, but I'm still going to have to say no. And then he goes, even after all that, and it was, it was funny because we really had a good rapport meeting him, you know, my good, my doctor, which I felt was very important. Um, honesty. And uh, yeah, and then I got the scan and there was some little bit left in my lymph nodes that they thought was cancer, could be cancer, didn't know. They were, you know, you know, lymph node is about the size of a peanut or walnut, you know, small, you know, some are smaller and, but they're everywhere in your body, you know, 250 or 280 lymph nodes. So the ones in your neck, pretty small, can't see them. Well, I had one go from like peanut size to seven inches and added another one that was like three inches, another one, four inches. So the whole point was, even though they're small again, they ain't going to work. You know, they're just, you know, and, and who knows, they might come back. So I had 22 left notes removed for safekeeping. And uh, pathology came back and then uh, cancer-free from stage four. I, I love it. And you'll be back to, to training. And I, I'm guessing at some point, you know, coaching and cornering fighters again. And you're, you're, you're full steam ahead. You're going to eventually... You're going to resume your your livelihood. I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, everything kind of changes um, perspectives, you know. I don't think I, I want... I'm not sure about the teaching part anymore. Okay. Um, I think... Uh, I think I'm just going to focus on myself and have fun with it. And, uh, you know, I've spent a good portion of my life in the sport coaching and teaching, especially full time, you know, once when I moved to Florida and, you know, 15, been here 15 years. So yeah, 15 years of teaching just down here. And, um, you know, I, I want to, I want to have fun with it again. And I have, I've never, I've walked around 200 pounds right now and I haven't been this light since I was in high school. Yeah, is that a good 200 pounds? Do you feel all right at that weight? I want to get to 220, and I'd love to put the 20 pounds just on my legs because, it, you know, it it strips you. You know, you have no it strips your muscles. You're, you're just a skeleton. So, um, I, I just I'm more flexible than I've been, or I remember that I've been. Interesting. You know. Okay. Um. Well, Again, I feel I feel like your body heals itself so much. You, know, you put yourself in this high alkaline system, which is what I did. I only drank alkaline water, vegetables, and protein shakes for a year. Didn't touch anything else. All through treatment, all through the whole thing. Um, I think that had a lot to do with it as well. You're pretty, you, know, you were pretty de 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 determined to live, it sounds like. 
you can't do it half fast, right? Yeah, you got to all in or nothing. I like it. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you coming on to, to, to give us an update about everything that's going on with you. Um, before we start to wrap up the episode, do you have any, I don't know, closing, like a mission statement or closing words of wisdom or anything? And also, if you have like any social media plugs or anything, if someone's interested in following your story, how can they do so? All that fun stuff. Well, I mean, I've been encouraged a lot to, um, you know, and I want to thank you for bringing me on and let me, let me talk a little bit, um, for the, you know, whoever wants to hear my story, but, uh, it, it, I have a lot to say as far as, you know, the different degrees of the, what I went through mentally and, and, and to get through everything. And, and, and like I said, it goes back to the warrior mindset and the, and, and the fighter mindset, I guess. Um, and, and the one thing that used to piss me off, people would just be like, Hey, you're a fighter. You're going to do this. I'm like, no, it's not the same. I wish a fight. I wish I could hit something. I can't, you know, you're fighting yourself almost, but the wire or the warrior mindset that of not quitting and just, and, and making the best of the worst situation possible and going forward and just keep on going forward. And that's, that's, that's what, I mean, that's how I've lived my life. That's what martial arts has taught me. That's what wrestling taught me. And, uh, that's everything that got me through. And that, that in my way and my belief, I believed in myself and I believed in the physical aspects of my body being able to heal itself. And it, it, I believe anybody can do it too. And, 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 and then especially all the guys, you know, we all train, we all, you know, we all know what it's like, you know, to put a lot of bearing on the body and the body can take a lot and the body will not quit, but you have to treat it right. You know, don't get complacent. Don't think next year, next year, next two years, next 10 years, I'll, I'll start doing something about my weight or, or my cholesterol or my diabetes or, or whatever you got going on. Because again, you forget about it. You put it off, put it off. Then all of a sudden you go to the doctor and they say, you know what? You don't have any time left, you know? So I guess that's my one message that I really, if, if anything, you know, I'm lucky enough to have made it and be able to talk about it. So anything I can give back or go f push forward, you know, I'm talking to a couple of people who just started treatment and helping them out. And, you know, it's, you know, whatever I can do you know, to, to help people with that fight. So I, that's why I want to focus a little bit more on the spiritual side of myself internally and training and getting myself in the peak physical condition. My spirit and my body can be one again, just like it was every time in my life when I was competing. And uh, it was always the best times of my life. So therefore, I'm going to do it again. But I got to focus on myself and not really focus on teaching or coaching because I can't do it. Because when you coach and teach as a good coach and a good teacher, you have them in their best interest, in your best interest, and you have to consider them all the time. And I can't do that right now or ever again. I'm not sure. But right now, I got to, it's all about Team Giannis. I love it. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, man.